Welcome to Eat Sleep Run Repeat, the running podcast for the average runner. This is episode 92 with the legendary Jack Rayner. Great interview with Jack. Really appreciate him coming on. We chat to him about pretty much everything, really, his history of running. Uh, He's currently in Falls Creek training. Talk about his favourite shoes, uh, the 159 project with Kipchoge, and also his future goals. So stay tuned and check it out. Uh, Check the description for any links to Jack's websites and social medias and stuff like that. So enjoy this one, team, with the legendary Jack Rayner. Uh, welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat podcast, Mr. Jack Rayner. How you doing? Good, Thanks for having me. Good. Yeah, tuning in from Falls Creek as we speak, but yeah, long way from Brisbane. What's the weather like down there? Because it's absolutely just killing us up here at the moment. I actually just got back from a ride before and I was freezing. I think it was like um, single digits. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cold at night up here, but during the day, it's like pretty nice when it's sunny. It can be like mid-teens. So you said ride, you've been out on a bike. Yeah, yeah. I No, it wasn't a proper ride. I was just out exploring a little bit. I got uh, okay. bored. cabin fever up here sitting inside all day. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's some awesome gravel trails around the place. So I just went out for a bit of a ride. Cool. cool. So you're up there training. We can get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. I'll be up here till Zadapec. So in a couple of weeks, we've been up here a week now. So yeah, three weeks total. Quick little camp. Mate, the Zadapec, that's the on-running sponsored event. Yeah, yeah. On's taking it on this year. Hopefully they keep it for a few years because it looks like they're throwing a bit of cash behind it and making it a big, bigger event than what it has been in the past. But yeah, it'll be yeah. the national NK champs. It looks good. What the, I was looking online and I was looking at flights to come down just to watch, but couldn't get any cheap flights. But yeah, it looks like an actual could be some good. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen any of the other on nights they put on. They've had a few around the place, but they're changing it up a bit, making it a bit more exciting. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, like the uh, the night of the ten thousand meter PBs in the UK. Yeah, yeah, similar kind of thing. So I think they're going to get people on the track, have music playing, beer tent, that kind of thing. Yeah. It should be good. That's what athletics needs, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. It can get a little bit stale sometimes in the track meets that don't have a lot on, but yeah, it should be good this time. Give us a bit of a brief sort of story about how you started with running. Like, did, was you oh, running junior? Yeah, yeah. I've been running since I was probably about seven, I'd say. Six or seven, like early, early, early days. But yeah, um, my brother was like playing big into like AFL and basketball. And I always go down. My mum would, I was two years younger than my brother. So I'd be watching him and she'd be trying to get me involved. I just didn't really like the team, team sports at all. Just wasn't my thing. So um, yeah, and then it ended up having a neighbor that was doing cross country and was saying like, come along, do that. And then, yeah, started with cross country and kind of naturally pretty good at it from a very young age. And then, yeah, just kind of stuck at that ever since. And then, yeah, was kind of good at, at, as a junior doing little athletics and stuff, doing the cross country there, medaled a few times in that, like with the States and stuff. And then, yeah, I went to my first nationals when I was nine or 10 in Tassie. I think I came fourth there. And then, yeah, plateaued for a bit in high school. And then, um, yeah, got got good again once I was in my teens. Wow. So you've really yeah. been 
doing it for a long time. Most most yeah, quite a long kid, time actually. Yeah, kids, so kids usually really... get burnt out, don't they? When you sort of start so young. Yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't super super serious when I was that young. Well, I still had a coach and everything, but um, yeah, I think I yeah yeah did a few other sports in my time, but yeah, running was the one thing that stayed consistent. Yeah, and there was always a sport that I was best at. What was your uh, favorite um, distance on the track? Probably the 1500, because that was in the little last, that's the furthest you'd run. So oh, okay. anything of the long, I would be better at. So it kind of, yeah, took me ages to figure out what my actual pet event was. So, yeah, still actually figuring it now. Maybe it's 10K, but we <laughs> don't know. Because you've done like, I see you've got a pretty good time for the steeplechase. And... Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, the steeplechase is pretty average. I um yeah ended up doing a couple when I was on my first European season and um did barely any steeple practice and then yeah it surely shows through when you don't do the technical stuff but yeah and, and how long ago did you how long ago did you go to the marathon because usually uh, uh, you leave that sort of towards the end of a career but you you've already yeah been that's correct so I went um when I was twenty three so I'm twenty seven now um yeah 2019 london marathon was my first my debut there so i'm still my pb 21106 um yeah yeah kind of yeah went to that ended up training for a few of it qualified for the olympics and then yeah just had setback after setback in the preparation so then yeah coach said you know what it's time to go back to the track see what you can do there first before before you start doing the marathon so yeah kind of in between that moment you still coached by Nick Badeau? Yeah, correct. So I've been, yeah, coached by Nick for, yeah, six years now. Joined the joined the squad in 2017. Yeah. Before that, I was coached by Keith Fernley for like, since I was, yeah, a kid up until I was 20. Yeah. So you have, you've had like a couple of stress fractures or something. Yeah. So I had a good run up until, yeah, so I did the Maristoff. And then, yeah, I got my first stress fracture during New York Marathon in my sacrum. <laughs> so ended up, yeah, fracturing it like mid-race without knowing. And um, yeah, one of the most uh, excruciating pain I've ever ran through and then finished it, got my scans back home. Yeah, and then I've had a few stress fractures since then, like femur right before the Olympics. And then, um, wow. yeah, in my hip. And then, yeah, one in my shin. Yeah, and do you think that was just run. from the, the sheer amount of volume? Yeah, I think, yeah, just the volume change, like going from sort of 5, 10K training, like when you're running 140K, bumping that up to like almost 200K I was doing um, in some of the marrow blocks. So, yeah, I think, yeah, just not um, having enough time to build that block, that big base up. Um, yeah, and this is a change in training load, I think, got to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Unknowingly underfueling as well. So that's something I've um, been working on the last few years. So hopefully it's a thing of the past. Underfueling. Yeah, yeah. I just I have no idea. We'd be doing these big marrow blocks and not not be eating at the right times or the right amounts. And um yeah, I think that shows after a few weeks when you get caught out with something getting sore and then yeah, ultimately getting stress fractures. So have you got like a nutritionist that you're working with now or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've had a nutritionist last, yeah, well, since I've been in the VAS, so yeah, since 2019. Um, but yeah, it's been really good. It's Jess Rothwell, so she's um, yeah, she's great. Yeah. So what are you what are you aiming for for um Paris next year? What's what uh, distance? The big goal, yeah, will be the five k or the ten k on the track. So yeah, um, for 
for Tokyo, I went for the marathon. And then, yeah, um, as you guys probably know, they've changed all the qualifying times. So they're pretty bloody hard to get now. So, yeah, you pretty much have to be running pretty close, if not, yeah, the Australian record just to qualify time-wise. Um, that's for the 10K anyway. And then the 5Ks, yeah, 30, no, 5, you have to run. So second quicker than what I have done before. So, yeah, either one of them will be the goals. Still, yeah, still working on which one it's going to be. But I'll be aiming for both of the qualifying times. In the marathon, who, um, if not yourself, who do you think will be the next Aussie to crack 210? Oh, well, Brett's already done it last year. But, oh, yeah, um, sorry, but apart from Brett, yeah. Oh, apart from Brett, I would put my money on Andy, but unfortunately he just got a um, bone stress, so in his femur. Um, um, but yeah, then you've got guys like Ed Goddard who are capable of it. Um, obviously, Liam's gone two or eight at Gold Coast. Um, but yeah, there's a few guys knocking on the door. Yeah, yeah, loads of good, loads of um, like up and coming talent coming through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, to put it that way, I'd say Andy Buchanan. Yeah, that marathon time for the Olympics. Was it two oh eight nineteen or two oh eight twenty eight twenty nine? Yeah, I think it's yeah two oh eight um two oh eight low. I think it is. Yeah, it's that's crazy time, isn't it? To uh... yeah, but yeah, times the last five years have just gone lower and lower and lower. Like we just watched the world record getting broken six weeks ago mental stuff yeah yeah it just seems so, um like sort of not humanly level. it's like not humanly possible really i just can't get my head around that what's your <laughs> yeah, thoughts on that watching, like yeah know. i was yeah watching it in a bit of disbelief um seeing the times come out of that i'm like um yeah and then reading about some of the training that he put out i don't know yeah what to believe and what's a load of shit but who knows <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. yeah. Even if he was blatantly cheating, I think he's still bloody good runner. It's amazing, yeah. Regardless, it's yeah, a, yeah, it's just exactly. like sprinting, isn't it? Pretty much, just like oh. full on sprinting. Yeah, like we've never seen anyone negative splitting like that before. Like he's running sub sixty halves, like it's nothing at the back half of a marathon. It's just so it's crazy. Man, whilst I, whilst it's on my um mind, and I don't forget. You just you recently just won the Noosa Bolt, right? Yeah, correct. That was yeah two weeks ago up in Noosa. And I was looking at your um, shoes. They looked like an old pair, but like new Vaporflies. Yeah, they were a few years old. They were the um, Vaporfly. Uh, the ones, they? I think. X percent ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because I was—they looked like brand new, and I thought, man, I'm, yeah, I, I found them. Like, like they sent them to me ages ago, but I'd only done one race in them. And they were sitting in the box. I put them back in the box. I'm like, I had that pre kit from this year. So I'm like, they'll go with it. And then, yeah, I love that shoe. It's a great shoe. So yeah, yeah, sponsored by Nike. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So I've been with Nike since yeah, 2018. Yeah, excellent. And you race primarily in the Vapor Fly. It depends on the race, but yeah, pretty much any road race will be some version of the Vaporfly or Alphafly. Um, okay. Do you, yeah. do you have a preference for a marathon, like Vapor oh, or Alpha? The Alpha 1s I love. If I was doing another marathon, I'd probably go the Alpha 1s or the Alpha 3s. The, um, the 3s are coming out next year, but they're, they're pretty bloody good. Have you got a pair of 3s yet? I've actually got Brett's pair, Brett Robinson. <laughs> he uh, have you? He pairs for London Marathon this year. So there's a pair that he's kind of, he lent me and I've just hung on to them. <laughs> <laughs> How wicked. What do you yeah. reckon on them? 
Oh, they're great. Yeah, yeah. So they're um, yeah, they just feel they feel similar to the version one, but I think the upper's a bit more comfortable, a bit lighter. And, yeah, and the soles kind of a bit different, but they're all they're all same, same, similar stuff. Man, the 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 shoes that you were wearing in Noosa, they were like my first uh ever like super shoes. And I just reckon that they're the best vapors I've ever had. And every yeah, every pair I've had seen, my favorites too. They're just not, they have, I just haven't felt as good. Like, do you agree with that? Sometimes. Yeah. I like the version two, but then the newest ones I don't love as much, but like I still train in them, but yeah, I think for racing, you want to find a pair that you, you absolutely love and then you know that they work for you. But to be honest, all of them, there's going to be marginal differences. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Got... Sometimes more the placebo effect maybe. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, what's your sort of daily trainer that you wear? Daily trainer at the moment, I, I usually rotate through a few pairs. Um, at the moment, I'm wearing the new Vimeros, Vimeros 17s. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm up at Falls. So we're running on a few trails. So I've got the Peg Trails as well, the new Peg Trail 4s, I think they are. And then mm. I've got the new Invincibles as well, Invincible Run 4s. Okay. It's hard to keep up with all the names, but <laughs> yeah. Those yeah I've the got the pairs. Invincible 3, but if the 4s out, then. Um, no, sorry, it's not invincible, it's infinity. Infinity, infinity. yeah, okay, yeah, them. but yeah, they're like yeah. reacts with a fly knit upper, so they're yeah. quite comfortable, but yeah, they're kind of, yes, really snug fitting. So, that Vomero, the Vomero 17, is the, the new version. Uh, because yeah. it, I think, uh, one of the questions from Michael was that the Vomero 12 was like they reckon was the best shoe, and then it went sort of went oh. off a bit, and then it, it came it, back. And, yeah, 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 the Vimera 12 was like my favorite shoe. Like I remember running in that ages ago. And I think I had one pair that I put like two and a half thousand Ks into oh, just geez. about. And they were just kept going. They were so comfortable. Still got them at home actually. But yeah. And then, yeah, they kind of went a bit average for a couple of iterations, but now they're they're back. The 17s are good. There's no air, okay. air in it anymore. So it's just foam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good, good. Yeah, we uh, we talked to um, the guys from Tarkon. Uh, they're oh like yeah, a, they're like a Perth um, shoe. Yeah, yeah I know Tarkon. Yeah, I've seen yeah. them around. They um, yeah. share some of the um, running posts. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was saying that like, you know, there's so much like dodgy things that happen in the factories where they make the shoes. It just makes you wonder with the like shoes where whether some of them get made in a certain factory and they just come out awesome and then a batch comes out of a different factory and the foam's just slightly not as good and yeah who knows but uh, yeah all these wonder. brands I'd, I'd imagine they have pretty good quality control but mm. yeah i'm sure i'm sure some slip through the cracks but who knows yeah sunny coast 2019 i was up i i actually went up there specifically to watch you run in person <laughs> really yeah yeah and it was I remember see, you sending through the videos and then you go, oh, yeah. they went wrong. They fucking, they've sent them the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, they start them at, um, like, almost in the dark. Like, that and Gold Coast, I think it starts at 6 a.m. Yeah. From memory. But, yeah. I think, yeah, they yeah went out pretty hard because they're putting up money if you ran the, um, the record, the fastest time on Australian soil, which is, I think, 61.17 or something. So it was um, quite quick. Um, so I was kind of gunning for that. And then, yeah, the first couple K, you kind of go up a hill at the start and then it goes down and around some corners. 
and yeah, that was following the lead bike and he um, ended up taking a wrong turn and then didn't really realize until it was too late and then um, cut back onto the course. So it had already been done. So I didn't even think it actually cut anything off the course. We just went on off course and then back on. So it was, yeah, it was still enough that it was the wrong way, even though it wasn't an advantage per se. Um, yeah. But yeah, then was running pretty much the rest of the race, not knowing if I was going to be TQ'd or not, but I was just running as I would normally. And then, yeah, I think there was talking, the lead bike was talking to the um, race director and then, yeah, they gave me confirmation that I was going to be disqualified while I was running. So it was like, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes into the race. And then they just like said, keep running, like you're going to finish and everything. We'll sort it out at the end. So that was kind of a bit, a bit disheartening to hear, um, knowing you were still leading. But at that stage, I was already kind of off the record pace. So it didn't really change a whole lot, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a disaster. But yeah, Did you much. go through the finishing tape and that? Like, Yeah, yeah. It was all set up like I'd won and everything. But then obviously they said at the end, like, like sorry to do this, but we're going to have to not award you the actual official win. And it's going to whoever was second. Um, but yeah, the race organizers were great about it. They ended up paying me for whatever, whatever the race winning was and then just paid second the winning as well. So they were, they were great about it, but yeah. Did you run the full distance or was it, did they say you'd run short? Uh, still ran, ended up running the full distance. So most, most halves you end up running at least a hundred meters long anyway. Mm. So yeah, I'll go back and find it, but yeah, it definitely wasn't, I wasn't running short. So what was their, what was it? What were they saying that you didn't win then? What was their excuse for that? Did they? I went off course. Um, yeah. So it was just off the official course for a certain amount of time. So that was it. Yeah. Battered. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's still won by quite a, a margin anyway. So yeah, yeah I'll still so there's a win. You were minutes in front. Yeah. Because when I checked the results, I was like, oh, well, you must have dropped out. Yeah, no. <laughs> but that's before I figured out what, what had happened. But um, yeah, what a, a bit of a weird one. No, that's all right. One of my good mates ended up coming well, officially first, but he was second, so it wasn't, it wasn't who, was, who was that? Kev Bat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still running every now and then, but yeah, it's not, not as much as what he used to. Yeah. Mate, yeah. let's talk about the uh the Ineos 159 project. Yeah, sure. Because I you threw my camera just... off before to jog my memory. Um, I was going to wear my 150. I've got a 159 t shirt from Spence. Yeah. Yeah, oh, awesome. and it's like gold. they're like gold, aren't they? I don't think there's many around. And um, oh, yeah, I'm trying to, if if uh, if Elliot's doing London next year, I might get him to sign it. Get yeah, silver sharpie. Oh, but, um, sure it's just to too, just too hot to be wearing a t-shirt. So I'm in a you singlet. Know, I would have had it on. But yeah, that would have been a that was a would have been a great experience, hey? Oh, definitely. Like even though I was just pacing it, it was um, yeah up there on the highlight of my career, um, things I've done running wise. It's just such an incredible event to be a part of. Yeah. I can't believe it's already been, you know, over four years. So it's just mental. Wow. Four years ago. Shit. Mate, my question was going to be like, what, ha like, how did you get the call up for that? Um, so Spencer's obviously like friendly with my coach, Nick. So they've known each other for ages and then Brett and myself did London Marathon, and then he was obviously there, and Ineos was in the pipeline. So then 
Um, they just were after any Nike athletes that were in Europe to come over and help with it. So I think they needed like 35 or 40 of us. So yeah, was lucky enough to get the call up in that. So yeah, ended up being myself, Brett, Stewie, Pat Tiernan out of the Aussies that went over. Like you, you were really lucky you got to start and finish. Yeah, they were actually trying to get me to run three times. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know <laughs> if I want to do 15K. Because at that stage, we were preparing for New York Marathon. So we're like in the thick of our marathon training. So yeah, you're running 250 pace, which is a bit quicker than what we were planning on running. So I was yeah hesitant to take on the three. Um, but yeah, ended up, was lucky enough to do the first and last. So I think I got the two best slots possible. Like that was going to be my question. Like, how did you back up for the second, the second five uh, k? Like, man, you're yeah, absolutely it was interesting flying. Yeah. You run your first one, and it's not even fifteen minutes, and then you got another hour and a bit before you have to go again. So I think, yeah, I was like, what do I even do here? Because you never really do that in training. Um, so we ended up just doing a tiny cool down after the first one, and then they had a big tent set up with all the um, paces to just watch that a big screen set up so you could watch everything happening. And then one of the changeover zones was like right at the front of the tent. So you could watch the changes live and come watch him come past. And then, yeah, ended up just sitting around and walking around for the next hour and then doing a little, a little warm up again and then jumping in for the last 5k. What an experience. Yeah, it was electric. I think there was, don't know how many thousand people watching, but like the whole, um, I think it was called the Hop to Lee where it was. It was like a five kilometer stretch um, with two roundabouts either end. And yeah, the whole way was just lined with people just screaming the whole whole time. Yeah, I heard that you couldn't hear any instructions from anyone because it was just way too noisy. Yeah, luckily we had enough. Like we were there a month before the proper event to do like practice. And then, yeah, they set everything up. So we everyone knew exactly what they were doing the whole time. So you didn't really need to hear anything. And then, yeah, you had your set positions you had to run in. And then you had your car in front of you projecting the lasers with your spot. So, yeah, pretty much the only thing you had to think about was running on your line and not falling over. <laughs> Yeah, so so they made you practice the transitions and yeah, yeah, that was the main thing, just practicing the transitions. Like they were banking on everyone being able to run five k at two fifties without too much trouble. And yeah, I think the the front paces all were doing a five kilometer section, and then some of the back paces would do like ten k at a time, or even some of them would maybe more. Wow. Um, but yeah, yeah, even running five k at that pace, you feel like you wouldn't want to be doing it for too much more than five k. And he's done it for, yeah, 42K, just mental. Yeah. That transition would have been, a, that's an easy place to trip and fall. And no, it, yeah, it was not so like much trip over Elliot. Yeah, there was like, each other. Yeah, so like we all had to change like well in front of him. So if there was anything happening, it wouldn't wouldn't affect him. He'd have enough time to go around you if you were, someone was to fall. But um, yeah, there was like a transition period where like they would jump out and there'd be no one in front for like 10 meters and then they'd come in. So it's yeah, set up so well, but yeah, the, the possibility of error was so low. I heard you got a bonus if you actually cracked the record. Yeah, yeah. They they were saying that, but yeah, they were so confident he was going to. So yeah, the, they didn't even talk about what to do if he was blowing up. Like that's how confident they were with it. So it's just mental. Um, yeah, we're staying in the same hotel as him. And then, yeah, the whole 
days leading up to it was just like um very very tense but then seeing him come out race morning he was just like cool as we jumped on the bus together they drove us there and they just had a tent set up with all these beds in it and then you see him hop on the bed and he like has a little nap like an hour before the race or before the race started and i'm like what is going on here holy shit what was um being around him like for a while beforehand and did you get to like interact with him much no he was hiding away pretty much so just the, the risk of him getting sick was uh, too high they had too much riding on it so he didn't really leave his room we'd only mingle with like a couple of people that they knew um hadn't been in contact with anyone else yeah they were like very very strict with it like they had all these protocols we had to go through like you couldn't flush the toilet without having the toilet lid shut uh, and then you had hand sanitizer throughout the whole place like and that was um, before covid wasn't it right yeah before covid so yeah. it's like pretty crazy doing all that like being so yeah. careful not for no one to get sick um but yeah he yeah after it all it was um it was cool to see him get photos with him and everything yeah so your paris goals are on the track so you're going for the 10k yeah correct um yeah after a bit of a disappointing um tokyo with injury right before the race like a month before i found out i had a stress fracture in my femur yeah so this time around um won't be focusing on the marathon will be yeah five or ten whichever one i can get so yeah ideally qualifying through the times but um if it comes down to running um the points and getting in that way i'll do that as well so you so you knew you had a stress fracture before the olympics and you still had a crack yeah yeah so it was over we had a, a pre-departure camp in uh um in cairns so we were there for like a month before and this was like in the peak of COVID. So I think we, we ended up going to Canberra and then we were there for almost a week. And then COVID was kicking off there and they kicked us out. We went to the Gold Coast. We were there for a few days. And then at this stage, I was like, yeah, it was like six weeks before the race. So we we're right in the thick of our marrow block running, yeah, up to like 200K and then started getting a sore hip. And then we're seeing the physios and the doctors there in Cairns and they're like, you know what, we need to play it safe, send you for a scan. And then that later that night, they like called me into the room. They're like, yeah, oh, no. you got a stress uh, fracture in your femur. So it's pretty, pretty devastated to hear the news there, obviously. Um, but yeah, had a month of like, uh, if I didn't have the Olympics, I would be taking complete rest for six weeks, but they were like, we want to do everything we can to ideally get you finishing the race, even if you're not going to be smashing it. Um so I was running on it every third day and just cross training, cross training like mad in the pool and on the bike. Um, yeah. So I was doing like three hours plus a day cross training and then one run, like doing like a session every third day. Um, but yeah, ultimately wasn't enough. Got to the race and I got um, like after 5k, my quads just started locking up and then was like, Ooh, I'm in trouble here. And then at like 8k, they were getting heavier and heavier. And then I got to almost 10K in that point. I could barely lift my legs, had to stop. Sorry, but so the cross training, what was you doing? Like uh, elliptical and the Yeah, bike? I'd do like an hour and a half or two hours on the bike. And then I'd be pool running for the next half an hour, hour. That must have yeah. been so boring. Oh, yeah. But I was I was getting pretty sick of it at that stage, but... Yeah, having obviously the Olympics to work towards, it, it uh, fueled the motivation. 
Was that your first um, Olympics? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So that was the first one. Hopefully not the last one. <laughs> no, no. Well, at least yeah. you could say you've been to the Olympics. You're an Olympian, so um, yeah, yeah. I don't really, I don't really go around saying it because I didn't finish the race. But yeah, <laughs> you've got the kit. It's all that, all <laughs> <that> matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we were, they ended up changing because of COVID as well. But they were scared of the heat, so we we're in Sapporo, which is uh, on the North Island of Japan. So it was like 800k from Tokyo, so we weren't even at the Olympic Village. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit shit in COVID. We couldn't even, we were just at a hotel. That was it. Couldn't leave the hotel. Only place we could go was the warm up area for the, and they just had a big oval we could run around. It was like a 40 minute bus ride. So I was getting pretty tired of it at the end. So you didn't and, go uh, to the closing ceremony or? No, we went to the Olympic Village one night, once like the day after the marathon. Um, but yeah, didn't even get to go to the ceremony. <laughs> that was crazy, hey? And it was warm over there, was it? Even where yeah. we... uh, funny enough, the day we ran the marathon, it was cooler in Tokyo. But yeah, oh. they couldn't have planned that. <laughs> but yeah, it was um yeah, it was low 30, I think it was like 32 and pretty bloody humid when we were running. So yeah, not not the ingredients for fast times. Mate, one of Holmes's um questions, he said that it's rumored that Pat Tiernan is gonna run Zatapak. Yeah, Pat's coming back. Um, so he just did an instant post the other day. He had his first race in over a year at the Boston half. So he's back in good shape. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to have a battle with him again. He said, he, uh, um, he, he said, do you reckon that you and him can push each other to the qualifying standard? Uh, I think we definitely could, but maybe not at Zatapec in a different race. I think I think that's possible, but I don't know. I think Melbourne is just that time of year. It can be quite hot, and Zadapex's not. Uh, sorry, Lakeside Stadium, where the race is, is not really the place for fast times, especially in the distance events. It can be quite windy. Oh, I think okay. yeah, think you want you want all things to be perfect. Windy so, and yeah. hot. That's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? It, yeah, the later they have it, the better the conditions will be. But I think it's going to be about eight. 30 race start which is better than last year but can still be quite warm and windy but we'll see if you don't get say the time there where, where is there any other races you've got lined up you might look at um targeting to get that 10k time yeah the 10k is a tricky one because there's not really many on but yeah i i'll have a look what and see what's on but ideally i'd like to go do one in america like i did last year so Ended up running, yeah, good one in California. The start of, I think it was in March last year. So that was the uh, the record, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Pat was actually in that race too. Yeah, it was just a perfect night. No wind and paces and a bunch of guys running. So it was, yeah. I think, yeah, you need you need more people in the race for fast times. You can't you can't just rely on two. Yeah, yeah. Need a full field, eh? Yeah. I might have to go to Europe for that. Yeah, yeah, 10K is tough because even in Europe, there's not that many on. Like, there's the night of the 10Ks and then, yeah, a couple in America. But, yeah, 5Ks, there's probably a lot more, a lot more on. Mate, the world um, road running champs, does that interest you? Yeah, I was thinking about going to it this year, but I'd already flown back from Europe. So, um, wasn't really too keen on flying back over so soon after being home. But, 
the next time it's around, I'll surely look at doing something there, whether it's a half or a 5K. Yeah. I don't even know where the next one is. Do you know? I was just Googling it then. Um, yeah, because it's only in October this year. So it's, I'm assuming it won't be for another couple of years. Saying America for 2025. Well, that could that could be it. Yeah. yeah uh, be San years. Diego. Oh, there you go. I've raced in San Diego as well. Hmm. But yeah, I think, yeah, still working out whether I'll do um, World Cross next year, but we'll see. Yeah. Mate, so tell us about um, Falls Creek. Like that's a, that's at altitude, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much the best spot you can go to. Um, well, in my opinion, anyway, I haven't been to Perisher. But yeah, it's either here or Perisher. Um, but it just makes the most sense for people from Melbourne to come up to Falls because it's the closest spot that you can go um yeah it's not it's not crazy high i think the altitude's like 1650 meters but the running is fantastic like once you're up here you can do a whole range of runs and a lot of them can be fairly flat as well um yeah there's a good spot like tuesday we'll train there's an aqueduct trail that goes for like oh 5k and it's like on our doorstep just up there um and then we got a spot for 800 meter hills. So that's good. And then spot to do threshold as well. So just all the things you need really for a training camp. So who are you training with out there at the moment? Um, at the moment, I've got living with Brett Robinson and Matt Ramston. So you're probably familiar with those guys. Yeah. Um, I think Stewie is going to come up um, on the weekend. And then Dave McNeil's up here. Um, we've got some Irish guys as well that are part of MTC. Um, yeah, so I think there's in total there's about 15, 20 of us up here. Irish guys, who are they? Um, we've got Andrew Coscrin and Paul Robinson. So sure. yeah, Andrew's the Irish record holder for fifteen hundred. He's around three thirty. Huh. So he's not, not okay. too shabby. He's gonna be doing the Zatapec as well. So I think he's done a couple of ten Ks. I think he's around like twenty eight thirty. But yeah, he's got a bit of range on him. Yeah. So how long are you out there for? um we'll be here three weeks in total yeah we usually spend sometimes more but we'll be back in um january i'd say yeah what's nice. a, sorry what's a normal um like week of training look like out there oh it's been a bit different this camp november's a little little different to january just because yeah we're not trying to push things as much because it's still just a tricky time of year like obviously still trying to get ready for zatapec and everything but um yeah, we've been doing, like this week, we're going to be doing two long runs and two sessions, but whereas normally we'd just be doing sort of three sessions, one long run. Um, but yeah, next week will be a normal week where it's like Tuesday, K-Reps, Thursday we'll be doing Threshold, and then Saturday we'll be doing 800 hills. Yeah. What What were your um your K splits be for the K-Reps? Uh, I think Tuesday this week we did them in probably 251, 252 average. So, yeah, it's um, not too bad for being at altitude. How's that yeah. feel running that pace up there? Not too bad. Like, we used to do them on a different trail where it was like half the time you'd be worrying about where you're stepping. But um, this trip, we've been doing them just on the top aqueduct where the footing's much better. So, you can get rolling a bit more without worrying about where, you, where you're standing um but yeah i think sometimes we'll have two faster reps in the session but yeah first first week we try not to push anything too hard so i reckon i reckon next week we might take it a bit more serious and they'll be a little quicker on a couple of them yeah 
Yeah. You think it's a high enough altitude to like, uh, like, would you like to go somewhere that would be a bit higher? Or do you think that's... Yeah, pretty, pretty... I think it's it's high enough for what we need at the moment, but I haven't really gone anywhere higher than St. Moritz, which is 1,800. Um, but yeah, I know I know some places are 2,000 plus, like um, Flagstaff, some of the guys train at yeah, 2,200. So it's a bit of a difference to 1,600. But yeah, I think it's more so the training camp environment that's the biggest part for us at the moment. Mate, we uh, we spoke before we started recording that you're like quite into your underground house music, and I know um yeah you mate Joel's right into it. So is Brett Brett's quite into it too, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, they're all into it a bit. I enjoy it quite a lot. Just for the for the listeners, what's some of your like favorite DJs or artists? Oh, I'd have to say Aphex Twins probably my favorite. Same with Joel. He's just got a whole range of stuff, like oh, from heavy techno stuff to like more obscure IDM. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, there's so many, like IDM would probably be my favorite genre, um, but then I'm still into like the old school trance house and techno stuff. But yeah, living in Melbourne, we're pretty lucky that we got good music we can go to consistently and a lot of good DJs to to watch. What's yeah. RDM? IDM. IDM. Is that industrial, is that what that means? Nah, it's a stupid name, but it's called intelligent dance music. Ah, okay. Oh, Completely yeah. different. Yeah. Don't get that result. <laughs> yeah. You would have heard uh, of Apex, right? Yeah, yeah, man. I, I remember back in the day reading um, when I was living in England, reading stories about him in Mag that like he was yeah, just yeah. like an absolute lunatic. Like, oh, he's, yeah, he would write articles and just be taking the piss. But yeah, yeah. the media side of things. <laughs> he was living in a um like the tank vault of a bank or something at some point. Like yeah, yeah. And then he bought a tank or something and he had a tank at his um dad's house. <laughs> um, He's nuts. Yeah, I'd see him this year when I was over in the UK, but ended up flying home like a couple weeks before he was playing. Oh, so that was okay. good. Oh, but you get loads of um but like Back in the day when we were DJing, like I remember all the big name guys would always come through Sydney and Melbourne, but yeah. Bris- Brisbane would never, we'd miss out. Or if we did get them, it was no. on like a Wednesday night or something, you know, just oh, really? the worst, like yeah, you can't back up and go to work the next day. It's just no. horrendous. Yeah. Well, you would have seen some stuff in the nineties, I'm sure. Oh Yeah. Yeah, like back back in our day, it was people like well, I mean, still is to this day, but it was mainly the the sort of like godlike person was Sasha, Sasha, yeah, yeah, Sasha and um, Sasha and Digweed, um, yeah, Digweed and Paul Oakenfold, they were the sort of like the main um ones. I sort of think Paul Oakenfold, Paul Oakenfold kind of fell off, yeah, after I've the nineties. Sasha on vinyl, <laughs> you've got some Sasha on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what tracks. Expander or something. Oh yeah, man, classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I've got cool. um, I've got the uh, I've got a few Sasha and Digweed like albums there. Oh wow, no. that's old, isn't it? How many yeah, that's Nor- Northern Exposure one, so that's like ninety six, I think. Like super. How many records have you got? Ah. Oh. There'd have to be a thousand, maybe a couple. Of, yeah, there'd be. I don't know. There'd have to be a few thousand there. I think. Yeah, heaps. That's like nice. so many that you can, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of them in England, but most of them from here. Yeah, I know. It's just awful getting something shipped from overseas now. Steve, yeah. is that the room? Uh, we, Steve used to have some really good house parties at that house that is in now. <laughs> yeah, is that the room we used to yeah. DJ in? And I think I yeah. put my hands up one night. It was like, whack. And I've hit the ceiling. Took yeah, all the yeah. skin off me. Knuckles. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah. Oh, but that was, uh, yeah, we've had, we've had some good parties at Steve's house. Like with the, with Who's the a deck better deck. DJ out of you two? Oh, I don't, I'm terrible. <laughs> I don't DJ at all. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, Steve. my uh, the decks are actually broken at the moment because my youngest figured out that he could like come in when I wasn't around and put the put the needle on the slip mat and then like scratch. So he, he's torn oh, the no. needles out of both of the like styluses. Oh, I've got nothing left in them, but I'll have to just get them replaced. So if ever you're yeah. in Brisbane, you'd have to come over for a mix. Yeah, definitely. I um, don't know when I'm going to be in Brisbane next, but yeah, we can have a few of the guys from MTC that train in Brisbane. Jack Bruce, Jude Thomas, and Cal Davies. Um, so I'm sure I'll go up there one day. And obviously Ryan and Jen are there too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, Jack Bruce has got such a lovely style to watch him run. He's just so smooth, hey? <laughs> he's just so tall. Yeah. Yeah, he does look, he's a smooth mover though. I'll give him that. Yeah. So, man, after Zadapak, what's what else you got? lined up anything locked in there's nothing super close after zadapec but then yeah early next year there's going to be the mori plant meet which is the um formerly known as the melbourne truck classic and then there'll be a good meet in um sydney and adelaide as well nationals are going to be in adelaide so that's that's not till april but between then i'll hopefully go over to the states and back by that time just stick yeah. into the track yeah, yeah, I'm sticking to the track. Um, yeah, there's not really a whole lot of road racing on besides run the bridge, which is usually late Jan. But I don't even know if I'll end up doing it. But yeah, focus will be on the track. I was so uh, you've done like you you've obviously you've branched into marathon training. We've got a lot of um listeners that are sort of marathon runners, half marathon runners. What advice would you give to someone going from a half marathon to do their first marathon? What would a couple of tips be to include in your training uh, for preparation for that? I'd job? say stop worrying about trying to get a perfect marathon block under your belt before you do your first one. I think so many people get caught up like, oh, I need to do this 15 or a 16 week block and tick off all these big weeks before they actually do a marathon where I think your first one, like don't treat it like it's going to be your best one and just get one done first. Like you don't have to be running crazy amounts before you do that. And then mm -hmm. once you do that, um, go from there. Like you're going to learn so much after just running your first one and knowing it's not going to be your best one, hopefully. Um, and yeah, focusing more on some doing some bigger sessions after you've completed your first one. Yeah. And then, we'll, and, and then work out if you want to do another one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, most people don't just do one and stop. Like they'll do one and have a taste for it and want to do more and more. But yeah. How did you know that you were like ready to run a marathon at the pace that you did your debut? Uh, so the indicators were there and you just went for it? I'd had a couple of good half marathons the year before. Like I think it ran, yeah, my still my PB now. So 61 minutes, 61 and one. And then I think a week after I did that, I flew home and paced Sinead Diver at the Melbourne Marathon to like 35K at 
like three fifteens or something she was running at. So she was flying. Um, and yeah, I was gassed by the time I dropped out at 35 K. And then after that, um, my coach was like, we're putting you in London marathon next year. So I had, I had yeah, four or five months to get my head around and, um, prepare for the London and ended up getting like the flu, like a month before the race. And then it was like, thought I was, couldn't race it and then ended up running all right. And then I had a few weeks before I did world cross was awful. And then you had a few weeks back in London, just training and then ended up feeling good again and was able to run half decent in my first one. Decent. Was that 211? Was it 211? 211, yeah. Something that's like 306 or 307 per K. Um, wow. But yeah. Rex, how did you uh, find London? What was, the, what was London? Was the Because the crowd is just epic, isn't it? Um, but how oh, was the course yeah, for you? Yeah, I, yeah the, pretty much... 30k of it I was like just looking around taking it all in and then had another guy that was sitting on me for like the last 12k was into a headwind he's like yeah we'll work together and then he ended up just sitting right behind me for the rest of the way um but yeah I, I ended up cramping a few times at like 36 37k in my quads almost like had to stop but didn't like my legs almost gave way underneath me oh um, shit yeah never encountered any of that in the in the build-up but yeah just battled through to the line and yeah it was still super stoked at the finish running 211 but that stage the olympic qualifier was 211 30 so just to go under that was the goal yeah that's great are you half sorry you're half pb was that the one in cardiff yeah, correct. Cardiff. There was a Commonwealth half marathon, which was the Cardiff half. Yeah. Oh, you have to, uh, if you haven't seen that, Nate, you have to watch that because the finish on yeah. that was like as if you hadn't run at all. You just put the, <laughs> put the bloody burners on and just went for it. Yeah, the commentary is pretty funny because they just weren't talking about me much at all. Nah. But yeah, that was a funny one. Was it? Was he yeah. Ethiopian, the guy in second? Ugandans. Ugandan. Yeah, it just with like what two k to go, you just go for it. Yeah, I think it was on. I think it was less. It was like eight or nine hundred meters to go. Yeah, all right. The, the finish was downhill too, which just kind of helped. Super impressive. Good. Um, and we'll we'll let you go, but thanks heaps for doing that. We um, no stress, guys. Really appreciate it. And um, what time is we'll it over there up. now? Uh, it's eight thirty. Yeah, hour ahead. Yeah, yeah, lucky because I was still out on the bike when I realized I'm like, oh no, and then I'm like, oh, I've got the extra hour. Oh yeah. man, I was hoping that too because I didn't even think about it, and I checked the time, and I was like, oh, shit, it was like ten past six your time, and that I'm like, tough. oh shit, I only just got home from work. No, you're right. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I'll hopefully catch you both when I'm up Queensland way for another race. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Sure, we'll um, we'll uh, keep in touch. And um, we'll, we'll keep we'll look on the radar if we see that you well, you've entered a race. We'll uh, yeah get to it. Yeah. yeah, sure. I'll hopefully get back for Noosa next year. But yeah, maybe Sunshine Coast. Who knows? That was hot Noosa, so, wasn't it? That would have been that was a hot run. Yeah, it was quite warm. Luckily, they had it a bit later. They set it at five twenty. The race start was where in the past it had been three. Hmm. Yeah, and you caught the. They'll give you a bonus, weren't they? If you caught the women. Nah, no bonus at all. It's just, oh, is it? Just, ah, 
Okay. Although I had remember there was a bonus if you you caught the women, then uh, no, there's nothing. That's what they said uh, on the uh, commentary. Really? Yeah. On the TV, oh, on, you know, on the live stream, that's what they're saying. Yeah. I have to chase them up, but I don't think there yeah, is. Send them a bill. <laughs> yeah. So Jack, you're uh, you've got a coaching business. You might as well give that a plug. Oh, you're on, on air? Yeah, Pulse Running. So do that with um, Brett Robinson and Carlos Birmingham. So you've yeah, been running that for a few years now. And then you've yeah, got a bunch of coaches on board as well. So it's been cool to see the running community grow. Most of us are from Melbourne, but we got people from all over now, which is awesome. Yeah. That's Pulse, Pulse Running? Pulse Running. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we've got pretty much runners in every big fun run in any city at the moment. So it's been awesome to see it grow in the last couple of years. Oh, you got a few Queenslanders? A few, yeah, yeah. Um, mainly Melbourne, but yeah, pretty much every state we've got ticked off. And so people can just contact you on uh, via email or the social media pages? Yeah, social media is probably easiest or our email, but all the links are through there. If you go on Instagram, pulse.running, it's pretty easy to find. Yeah. Yep. Fine. Hey, there's a question for you. Um, are you going to keep the tash? I reckon, yeah, yeah, I've had it. For, I don't think anyone, uh, recognize, no one will recognize you without it, hey? <laughs> I shaved it off last year for November with the with the boys and then, yeah, grew it back immediately. Um, but, yeah, I've had it for, <laughs> for quite a while now. I think it's staying. Yeah. 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 What do you look like without it? Oh, not good. I've seen a photo of him. You look completely different. Yeah. yeah. On, on the Pulse running website. Yeah, very different. No, I think it's yeah, it's here to stay for a little while anyway. Well, we recognise you by your earrings. So, yeah, that uh, yeah, the earrings, the mo. <laughs> yeah, excellent, mate. It's been a pleasure and a privilege to have you on. So uh, thanks for having me. It's been really good to chat. Yeah, yeah. All right. Nice to reminisce on the one five nine. Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, and uh, do you think you'll be in London? You won't be in London next year. I think we will. Yeah, we'll go back. Um, don't know when. Last year we were in right there in May, mid-May. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely happen, be back there. Yeah. If you happen to be there around the London Marathon, then um, I'll uh, catch up because uh, yeah, yeah be, definitely. I, mean, I don't think I'll be doing London. What month is it? April April twenty first, Sunday. April twenty yeah, first. April. Yeah. Brett might be there. I'll, I'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, ask him All if right. he's going. If uh, if he's booked into to run, then I'll see him at the hotel. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. I'll ask him. I'll let you know. I won't. I won't do a shakeout run with him because I'll only last about hundred meters. Make excuses to have uh, shoelaces come undone or something. I'll catch you up. <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, no I'll get. I'll get the uh, turntable service for you next time you're in yeah. Brisbane. For sure. You'll need Fire to up, have a few beers. Unreal. All right. Yeah. No worries, guys. That's Thanks, all. Mate. Enjoy the training and good luck at Zadapik. Will do. Thanks, guys. We'll be no. watching the stream. Catch Thanks you later. again, Jack. Catch See you, mate. Bye. See you, mate. Bye.
Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes my mind plays these tricks on me. Sometimes, and I'll find that my mind climbs higher than it should climb. My imagination, I'm contemplating, hesitating on exploiting my mind. Wish you find in time, I will find they will shine when they only shine. You can put a time on mine. Show me these purple elephants, a twisted intelligence, extension of tolerance, dimension of flowers in my mind. Stop rewind. Now what the fuck did you find? Ain't nothing in here but why? Subliminal messages can't breathe. Close your eyes. Leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. Sometimes our minds play these tricks on us. Sometimes we find that our minds they climb higher than they should climb. Up. Our imagination contemplating, hesitating on exploiting my mind. We should find in time our minds they will shine with the longest shine you can. Put the time on mine. Show me these purple. A twisted intelligence, extension of tolerance, dimension of flowers in my mind. Stop rewind. Now what the fuck did you find? Ain't nothing in here but why? Subliminal. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Close your eyes. Before your troubles behind, yes it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination, in my imagination. Close your eyes. Before your troubles behind, yes it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. I'm contemplating, hesitating on exploiting my mind, 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 mind.